Encore. Encore, please. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? Oh my goodness. When they were practicing earlier, I was sitting back there and I just couldn't uh, not smile. I was just I just smiled and smiled like immediately when they started. And then, you know when they when they kind of look at each other and it's just like, you guys are so cute. <laughs> so good. Trent, Alethea, we, we love your family. And we're so thankful for your family. You guys are going to be even more thankful next Saturday when you eat his pulled uh, pork barbecue sandwiches. I don't know about you, but I can hear just a little bit of a ring. It doesn't bother me too much, but if it's bothering you, I'll grab a different mic. Are we good? All right. Well, we have been on quite a journey this month, haven't we? This month of March. Hasn't it been an incredible month of March? Here in Church of God, Sarasota, I mean, there's been so many things that have happened, and uh, we were talking about it, and we just want to give God all the glory. Say, glory to God. All the groups that have been happening, and the times together, and our services, and all of the messages that we've heard, and the worship, and, and just to top it off, you guys and your song just now, and all the worship that we've had already tonight, and then at the end tonight, you guys, there's going to be a song at the end tonight that is just going to blow heaven even more into this place. It's going to be so good. In fact, I'm just going to hurry up and get done with this. <laughs> so we can get on to that. <laughs> let the light in. That's what we've been talking about. It's March. Let the light in. And uh, Marcia, the first three messages of the month have been so powerful. We heard about, you know, the truth that if we have poor self-esteem, that's actually poor theology. It really is, and that message, and all of these messages, that if you didn't get to hear them, they're on our website. You can check those out anytime. And then the, two weeks ago, we listened to a message that was about rightness versus righteousness. That was amazing, and I'm still convicted about that one. Maybe you are too. And then last week, the fact that we have full access to God. Can we just say amen to that? We have full access to God. The veil is torn. It is completely open. We can have complete access to the Lord God because of his son, Jesus Christ. Then we were asked this question, what might be blocking our heart? Is there anything in our heart that we're keeping God from having full access to us? We have full access to God at any moment. But is there anything going on in our lives that's keeping us from having given God full access and breaking that relationship with God? Let the light in. Wait, let me just proclaim right now. If you haven't let the light in yet, it's time. It is time to let the light in. Open up the windows and let the light into our hearts, into our lives, into our minds. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I have brushed up against darkness. Have you ever brushed up against darkness, maybe because of a choice you've made, or maybe because of a situation you were put in, or maybe you were just being a friend to somebody and they were in a really dark place, and you brushed up against darkness? But I, I can also tell you this, and I can testify. I have brushed up, and not only brushed up against, but I've had inside of my heart, and have inside of my heart, the light of the world. Amen. You can brush up against darkness, but let me tell you something. Darkness will never, ever overcome the light. Light will always overcome the darkness. Amen? The light of the world, Jesus. First John 1, verse 5 says this, 
God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Do you hear that? God is light, and there is zero darkness at all in God. I've heard people ask, how could God cause that bad thing to happen? Well, let me tell you something, God didn't cause it to happen. God did not cause the bad thing to happen. God, there is no darkness in God, God is light. God did not cause or create sin or darkness. He provided us a way out of it, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God did not cause or create the darkness or the sin. He provided us a way out of it. Jesus Christ, our Lord. That verse, that in 1 John goes on to say this, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not live according to the truth. But, in verse 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And here's the good news. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. All sin. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, it is time to let the light in if we haven't let the light in yet. What does that mean? That simply means surrender to God and invite Jesus Christ into every single part of your heart. Jesus claimed about himself, and it's true, that he is the light of the world. In John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And listen to this. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Would you like to be in a place in life where you never walk in darkness? It's possible because of Jesus. But we will have the light of life. This is Holy Week. We're entering into it. It's the most exciting week on our Christian calendar. And, you know, this Palm Sunday tomorrow, and so it's Palm Sunday weekend for us right now, and this is when we celebrate that, and then all the things that take place in the next week leading up to Easter. And you know, next Saturday is gonna be an amazing celebration, and I'm so excited for that. But as we go through this entire week, I wanna encourage you to go and dig into your Bible in Matthew 21, and Mark 11, and Luke 19, and John 12, and read all the accounts of Palm Sunday, and everything that happened leading up to it, and then everything that happened afterwards to Jesus as he was traveling through Holy Week and the different things that happened to him and what he endured and what he went through and what he took upon himself for each and every single one of us until we get to Good Friday when he was crucified on the cross and died. But then we know three days later, Easter happened and he rose again and he took upon the sins of the world and the veil torn and all of that happened. I want to encourage you to dig into the scripture and dig into every single account of that and, and read it and listen to it and let it just seal, soak into your heart and to your soul. And while you're doing it, just let the light just let the light in. We're going to take a journey tonight from Palm Saturday all the way through part of next week as we look at the different things that Jesus anticipated and happened. But I want to say this right now. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, he knew what was about to happen to him the next week. He knew all the different things that were going to come his way. 
He may not have known exactly where and when and how and what exactly, exactly was going to happen, but he knew why he was there. He knew why he was sent to earth. He knew his purpose. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was the Christ. He had been talking to his disciples about it. He knew the things that were going to happen to him, and he knew that he was going to take on the sins of the world, and he knew as he was riding in, as they were shouting Hosanna to the highest heaven, he knew as they rolled out the carpet before him, that they were rolling out a carpet before him to come into the point of his sacrifice. He knew. So he and his disciples were, they were on their way to Jerusalem. And on Saturday beforehand, they were heading into, they were heading into Jericho. And they encountered a blind man there. And this is the, the account of that in the, the book of Mark. I don't have it all on the screen, so if you want to follow along in your Bible, you can, or your Bible app, or just listen to the story. Jesus was coming in, and they were heading towards Jerusalem. They came to Jericho, and a blind man was there begging along the road. And this is the account. As they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large, large crowd, they were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting on the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Isn't that interesting? When he heard that it was Jesus, because he had heard, he had never seen, but he had heard about the things that Jesus had been doing, the miracles that he had performed, and he knew that if he could get to Jesus, this man could help him to, to see. This is a blind man who lived in the dark his entire life. Many rebuked him. Imagine that. This man wanting help. Many people said, just leave Jesus alone. I told him to be quiet. But he didn't. He shouted. He shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what happened? Jesus stopped. He said to him, he said, call him. He said, call him over to me. So they called the man and they said to him, cheer up. <laughs> These people that were just telling him to shut up are now saying, cheer up. On your feet, he is calling you. He threw his cloak aside and he jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus. This is what Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? Maybe Jesus is asking that phrase thing to you tonight. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight. He jumped up and began to follow Jesus along the road. This is a man who had been in the dark his entire life. His eyes had never seen light. But the very first thing that his eyes ever saw was the light of the world. I don't know 
find yourself in the dark or any part of your heart in the dark right now. But I promise you, if you open up and let the light in, you will see the light of the world and everything will change. You know, it's Jesus' passion that we can have peace. Can you imagine the peace that this man had at that very moment? And even the excitement that he, he could see finally? No longer in the dark. Listen, it is God's will. It is God's hope. It is God's love for us that we would walk in the light of his love and walk in the light of his forgiveness and his grace and his truth letting the light into our hearts by having faith in his son, Jesus Christ, who made a way for us to do that. There's a really cool video that illustrates this that I want to show you right now that talks about the blind man. Watch this. I'm lost in blindness. And I refuse to believe that I can see. One has to accept the life of darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that simple grace triumphs over utter darkness. I was born in sin, and I was conceived in sin. It doesn't matter to God that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. No longer can it be said that there is a God who hears the cries of his people. My whole life testifies to one truth. Blindness has robbed me of every good thing. And it is no longer true that God saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. I was born blind with no hope and no future. But then I met Jesus, and he turned everything in my life upside down. I was born blind with no hope and no future. Now I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. God saves those who have crushed in spirit. And it is no longer true that blindness has robbed me of every good thing. My whole life testifies to one truth. There is a God who hears the cries of his people. No longer can it be said that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. It doesn't matter to God that I was born in sin and I was conceived in sin. Simple grace triumphs over utter darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that one has to accept a life of darkness. I can see, and I refuse to believe that I am lost in blindness. It is, it is God's will that every single one of us refuse to believe that we are lost in blindness. We do not have to live in the dark anymore. We can choose to let the light in, to let the light in, to open up the windows and let the King of glory come right on in, to open up the windows of our heart and realize that the veil is torn and it's torn forever. And we can let the King of glory just ride right on in. Let the light of the world 
come right on in. You know, Jesus was traveling and he was coming through and he stopped in Jericho and he healed this blind man. And then the next day they continued on towards Jerusalem. And all the while as Jesus is continuing on towards Jerusalem with his disciples, all these people following, he knows what is about to happen in his life. I don't know how much darkness you've brushed up against in your life, but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, took on all of the darkness, and he defeated it all. So they continued on down the road the next day, and in Matthew, the account we're going to read about is in Matthew chapter 21, as Jesus comes into Jerusalem as king. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, it says the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Now this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 9.9. Say to your daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey on the colt. The fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on it. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, the crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And then in Luke, we see that some of the Pharisees that were standing there said to the crowd, and said to Jesus, Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And you know, Jesus said, I, told, I tell you, if they stay quiet, the stones will cry out. And then as Jesus continued on, after all of these different things have happened towards Jerusalem, as he's heading into the city, he looked up. There's a moment that I just think is extremely profound and sometimes missed in this story. And Jesus, this is what it says. As he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, if you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. He knew. He looks over the city, Jerusalem, and he sees it and he knows he is the light of the world. He is the one that can bring peace. But the city, the people, many were completely blinded to that truth. They didn't see it. They actually wanted to see the opposite. And when I think about this right now, I think about us. It is Jesus' passion for us. It is Jesus' love for us that we would have peace with God. Peace in our hearts. He looked over the city of Jerusalem and he, he wept over it. He said, if you, only you knew what would bring you peace. Well, can we proclaim tonight? We know. We know what can bring us peace. 
And I want to say it in love right now to you. If you right now are sitting here and you don't have peace in your heart, you can have peace in your heart tonight through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He can save our soul, cleanse our life, cleanse our mind. Like I said, I've brushed up against darkness and so have you. And there's been times where I've had darkness in my mind and you maybe have too. And in my heart and you maybe have too. But every single time that I come back to Jesus, peace. There is no other way to the Father. There is no other way. We can try to find peace. We can try to medicate. We can try to, we can try to talk it out. We can, and all those things can sometimes help to talk it out with a friend or a mentor or an accountability group or, or, or to, sometimes it can even help to clear your mind just to take a job. But you know what? If you really want peace, have you ever had that moment in the middle of the night where you just can't sleep and you're trying to sleep and you've got all these things running through your mind that you're bringing, you don't have peace? Have you ever stopped and just turned and said, Jesus, Prince of Peace, come in. I can remember a time where I was going through a time of great trouble and even anxiety at times and I was driving from one town, one side of the city to the other side of the city and the entire way across, the only thing that gave me a clear mind was Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus, I call upon you right now. Right now, God, I need you, Lord Jesus, I pray for your help and he helped me. It's not always because of darkness that we've chosen. Sometimes things are just coming our way and it's just life. It's just life. It's just happening. We need the Prince of Peace. Jesus looked over the city and he wept over it because he knew they could have peace. It's his passion for us. It's his love for us. It's God's will for us. Do you know this? Jesus took on the sin that we deserve. It's his passion. It was his passion. It was his purpose. And it's his passion for us to realize that he was the atoning sacrifice for that sin. You know, he came into Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen in the account of the next week, the things that happened in the next week through Holy Week, the times in the temple, the things that, he, that happened with his disciples. He knew all the things that were going to happen, but he wanted us to have peace. This is what Isaiah 53 says about Jesus. Surely he took upon himself our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment, listen, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus came toward Jerusalem knowing all that was going to happen to him. Jesus knew all that was going to happen the, the next week of his life. He had been telling his disciples what was going to happen. He knew why he was sent to earth. He knew. 
He came into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, hearing the people shouting, Hosanna, laying down their cloaks before him, and palm branches before him, in celebration and anticipation of the Passover celebration and the coming king, knowing what was going to happen to him. They laid out the carpet before him, so to speak, to the place of his sacrifice. He anticipated the time with his disciples in the upper room, washing their feet, showing them the full extent of his love, and taking the Passover meal with them. He knew about the anguish. He knew about the conflict. He knew about the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew that one of his own disciples was going to betray him for money. He knew about Peter's denials. He knew about the arrest. He knew he'd be taken before Caiaphas and the high priest and the Sanhedrin and the trials that would happen. He knew that he would be chained and mocked and spit on and slapped and beaten. I can say, if one person spit on my face, just one, or spit on the face of somebody that I love. I, if one person spit on my face, or if one, one, I mean, I know I'm supposed to turn the other cheek, but come on. How would I respond to that? Just one person doing that to me. But he chose it, y'all. He chose it. He chose it. He knew it was going to happen. He knew they'd take him before Pilate at trial. He knew that they would pick Barabbas over him while, while shouting, crucify him. He knew. He knew that he'd be crucified on the cross. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine coming in, people shouting Hosanna, all the while knowing, I'm, I'm going to be crucified for all these people and all the people that will ever live on the place of the planet Earth. He knew that he would bear the sins of the world. Can I just say, you can agree with this or not, but sometimes bearing our own sin is way too hard. Jesus paid the price for us, but he took on the sins of the entire world. He knew, he knew, he knew while he was going to be on that cross what he was doing. He knew there had to be a sacrifice. He knew there had to be a blood atonement. He knew that something had to bridge the gap between God and us. And he bridged it. He did it. He bridged the gap. He knew that he was going to be hanging on the cross. And everything, you can read about it, you can see about it, you can study it. I don't have time tonight to talk about all the different things that that meant alone, just that. And when he was beaten, all the things that that meant to his body and all the things that he felt, all the things that happened to his body. Can you imagine if one person punched me in the face and I felt just that pain? I, come on. Have you ever just sprained your ankle? We think our life is over. All the pain, all the anguish, everything that he took upon himself for us, he knew he would bear the sins of the world. Can you imagine how heavy that would be? Imagine how heavy that would be. But he did it. He knew what he was doing. And he knew why.
It was his passion. It was his love for us, each of us, every single one of us. If you've ever thought or believed a lie that you are not a part of that, everybody, listen, he did it for you. And right now, there is absolutely nothing that can ever be in your life or has been in your life that can separate you from God if you'll trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you will open up your heart and let the light in because the veil is torn, we have full access to God, let the light in. It is time. It is time to let the light in. He rode in to Jerusalem. They didn't know what was happening. Let me tell you something. Right now, he's riding into this place. He's ridden into this place. He's done it. He's here. He's here right now. He's with us. And if you'll just let the light into your heart, open up the windows, let the King of glory in. Amen? It's time. He is the light of the world, he said. Listen. Whoever follows me, Jesus, will never walk in darkness. Amen? You can let the light in tonight. They're going to come and they're going to sing this song. And if you're here tonight, we just want to say, let the light in. And you know, as we journey through the rest of this holy week, and you read about it, and you think about it, it's so humbling to know that Jesus did it for us. But here's the thing tonight. If you haven't chosen to let the light of the world into your heart, or if there's something veiling you, or if there's something that you haven't, just let that veil come down. And we have full access to God, but you know what? Maybe there's something in your heart, you know what? You think you've, you've, been, you've done too, you've gone too far, you've done too many, whatever the lie might be, here's the truth. Jesus did all of that so that we wouldn't have to believe those lies and living under that condemnation anymore because the Bible says therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Jesus did for us so let the light in the king of glory comes in and let him come in on the voices of our praise tonight as we finish up this month of March that we've had let the light in let's let's sing this with them whenever they invite us to do so and just let the light in in that way even maybe tonight you don't have anything that you need to let go of and uh, whatever but maybe you just need to just let the light in in a, in a way it's like it's just let him come in in the voice of my praise let the king of glory just come right on in open up the windows and let him in because it's time to let the light in forever.